the more people you need to reach, you will either need to go deeper into a visibility channel or wider into a variety of channels. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Last week, we shared our predictions on what the future of online business may look like. And if you didn't check out that episode, then you can head back just one episode to 776 with my conversation with Mariah Cause. We are really diving into the nuances of how things are different depending on the business model that you have and how that impacts how you show up. Today, I wanted to more specifically get into how that impacts marketing in this online business world, specifically how niche should you go? Who are you talking to? How do you reach those people? And dive specifically into how that impacts your efforts to be more visible and nurture your audience. Before we dive in, I would love to make sure that you're following me over on Instagram. You can head to Boss Project. My personal profile is in the bio at Abigail Says. Give me a follow there. And as you're listening today, I'd love if you'd send me your biggest takeaway by sending me a DM or feel free to post on your stories, share this episode, and tag me. I'd love to see what's resonating with you. Before we get into it, I really think you need some context. I recently shared in a recent workshop that I did about the ecosystem that makes online businesses today. And I think what tends to happen when people start talking about marketing is they're specifically talking about marketing strategies that work for one of those components, one of those models, one of those types of businesses. And they are presenting it like it's this broad stroke that applies to everyone. And that's just not true. Not only does nothing apply to everyone, everyone has their own life, their own business, their own nuances, their own limitations, their own things they need to accommodate for. So A, that's just not fair that we make these broad strokes about marketing. But two, you can't say that one thing works for all business types when that also isn't true. Every business model operates differently, requires different amounts of people, requires different conversions for it to work. And because of that, how you approach marketing should be different based on the model that you're in. 
If you missed that presentation, I would love to give you that context because I really think that's going to get you up to speed with the types of models that I'm specifically talking to and how these things vary and are different based on where you're at today and where you're going. Um, So if you want to see that presentation, I have it ready and you can watch it on demand right now, just go to bossproject.com slash untitled. I literally didn't name the presentation because there's just so much that I'm covering inside of this quick 90-minute workshop. It's really jam-packed and I know it's going to give you so much insight as to how this will continue to fuel you moving forward, depending on the type of business that you're running. So definitely start there, bossproject.com untitled. Now, how do you market your business, especially today? And how does that change over time, depending on the kind of business you run today and the kind you want to run in the future? Because So many people are specifically, like I mentioned, doing these broad strokes, but they also are trying to get you to run a different type of business than you're running right now. And there's not a right or wrong answer to doing that, but some of these models are so vastly different that if you don't have some runway between those two models, it can absolutely feel like you broke your entire business and that you're starting over from ground zero. And that is not fair and completely unnecessary. You can absolutely, over time, evolve the model that you're running and continue to serve people well, but it takes time. And so I want you to not only be marketing your business in the way that's going to work for you now and serve you now, but as you continue to think about what you want for the future of your business, that you are aware of the options that are available to you and you can slowly adapt and evolve over time. Now, this being said, I really think this is what's working in 2023. Do I think these things will continue to evolve and adjust over time? Absolutely. My recommendations even a few years ago would be radically different. And so keep that in mind. If you're listening to this really far in the future, I want you to know that my suggestions might be different. And so be sure to look for an updated episode on marketing then. All right. So how do we start to divide this up and start thinking about the differences in marketing based on the model of business that you're in? Now, if you watch the training, you'll know that I have divided this ecosystem into three broad buckets. Now, keep in mind, there are still nuances depending on the specific model type inside the bucket. So you're welcome to send me messages and questions over on Instagram if you want even more specific insight. But for clarity, I am going to group them into the three kinds and kind of talk about them as an evolution. As your business changes, you will want to have your marketing evolve with the model that you're pursuing. But you also have to keep in mind what is the model you're in now and what is the model you're going into. And you have to continue marketing in the model type that you are running today. And if you want to evolve the business, 
you will have to add on that additional marketing strategy. And some of you, that just doesn't make sense in the season that you're in. And so if that's the case, like give yourself permission to not have to do all of it. You can focus on the things that are going to work for you right now in this season and continue to fuel your business moving forward. And when you're ready, you can add on those additional strategies, but they're not required for you to be successful. I know plenty of businesses that never change business model. They start in one type and they stay in that type for the entire duration of their career or even the specific business itself. And so by no means do I think it's required or necessary for you to change. I think A lot of people see that as an exciting, enticing move, but they all have nuances. They all have differences. They all have unique challenges and opportunities. And I'm here to give you the honest truth about the different approaches that you could take and how that might change over time. So how does it vary based on the three buckets that we talked about in that training, bossproject.com slash untitled? So we have one-on-one, we have hybrid or like group, and then one-to-many. In a one-on-one based business where you're primarily selling to another individual or another business, either B2C or B2B, your marketing needs to be primarily interpersonal. It's not necessarily about having marketing channels or social media or even necessarily content. You can, but those things are not required for you to be successful in a one-on-one business. You can be completely booked out simply on relationships alone, referrals, and quality conversations. So do not let that discourage you. I know plenty of businesses, myself included, that the marketing was not the thing that got them to where they want to be initially. It was those relationships. So I want you to encourage to put the time and energy into the thing that's going to serve you and get you the most reward. Do I think you can get one-on-one clients from a social channel? Yeah, absolutely. But do I think it's required? No. So with that being said, for one-on-one, I would be focusing on honing the types of relationships that are either going to turn into potential clients or people that know your potential clients people I refer to as connectors, people who are interacting with your ideal customer on a regular basis because they know them and they can be the connection for you. Now, in a hybrid business where you're starting to offer things in a group setting, potentially a group coaching program or something similar, you will need to begin to build an audience. Now, for hybrid to work, for a group program to work, you don't necessarily need a huge audience. I would say on average, I see people, quote unquote, like on social doing well, even with a thousand people following them, 1500 people following them. Now, that takes time. I've seen people launch a group offer with just 
500 people in their audience, a few hundred people in their audience. And you likely already know this many people, whether you gather them all in one place or not. But as you build a hybrid business, you are going to need an audience over time. And initially, you can get a lot of upfront success with the people that you already know. That being said, those leads will dwindle over time. The more you convert, unless you're building more relationships and building a greater number of people, you have to be refilling the bucket faster than you're selling or you're going to run out of leads. And the people that I see struggling in a hybrid business that is offering some sort of group coaching It's that it was initially so successful and they were paying so much attention to their clients that they stopped building an audience to sell to. And when you stop building an audience to sell to, you're going to run out of people to sell to, which is fine, but it usually just means a lot of stops and starts where you will have a lot of upfront success and then have a big downfall on the back end and it can end up in a lot of feast or famine. And I even see something similar in some one-on-one businesses that are offering things a bit more high-end. You have to continue to grow those relationships. I'm not saying you have to build an audience, but you have to continue nurturing. And we're going to talk more about nurturing in a bit. But you need to have more potential clients than you have sales or you're going to run out of people to sell to. And that does not change regardless of the size of your business or the kind of offer that you're selling. And I think a lot of people forget this and they focus so much on either the sales process or the delivery process that they're not thinking about how they're going to fill that bucket. And then they get frustrated when they don't have leads. But there are ways to get leads on autopilot. And definitely that's a subject I'm going to get more into inside the co-op. But for now... I just want you to be thinking about how this changes over time. Okay, in one to many, you are going to need broad audience growth and you're going to need a consistent way to continue to build that audience rather rapidly because in most scenarios, if you're selling exclusively one to many, then you are going to need thousands of people in your audience and you're going to need to refill that bucket on a very regular basis. So if you're thinking about evolving from a one-on-one business to a one-to-many business over time, you are going to need to be thinking about audience growth. However, I do talk about inside the co-op how things can stack and this will remove some of you relying on the broad traffic, the broad audience for it to work. And I think stacking and having kind of an ecosystem of offers can make that a lot easier over time because you don't need the same volume of people. But in one-to-many, you do need to be thinking about broad audience growth rather rapidly and very consistently. Now, how does this affect who you're talking to? If we know you're basically going from one-on-one to -to one-to-many. You're going from talking to a very small group to a medium-sized group to a much larger, broader group. How does that affect how niche do you go in your model? I will start by saying that I don't think there's a quote-unquote right or wrong answer to this. What I'm simply about to say 
is based on my observations of what is working with the least friction right now in today's economy and converting the easiest without feeling like you have to overcome objections. And this just becomes a very intuitive, easy yes for people. So this is not necessarily the only answer of what could work. This is what I believe is converting the easiest, fastest for different model types. Now, when I'm talking about niching, I'm talking about both your audience and your offer. Your niche is who you're selling to or what you're selling to whom. And both of those things can either be broad or very specific. Now, in one-on-one, what I am seeing convert the easiest and giving people the easiest yes is a more specific offer for a very specific audience. Now, it doesn't have to be an incredibly specific offer. It can be. But I think you can kind of go up a level on specificness of the offer as long as you are talking to a very specific person. And when you're talking to that very specific person, you can speak to their unique pain. And when you can speak to their unique pain, when you're in a sales conversation, which in one-on-one is typically a one-on-one sales conversation, like a sales call, potentially also social selling, but typically a sales call, you can speak to that individual's unique pain. And because you're working with a similar group from project to project, you start to notice patterns and you can see how similar their issues are from person to person. Yes, there are nuances and you can speak to those to overcome ahead of objections, but you knowing what that individual is going through is going to make this so much easier to sell. So here are some examples. I have a client who is specifically a copywriter for healthcare professionals. Now, the offer itself varies. She has a lot of different copywriting options, but she's talking to a very specific subset of people. And because of that, she can market herself in a very specific way. And when her audience works with her, that person is going to recommend her services to other people like them. And typically, when we're talking about a niche, the niche is either someone, if we're talking B2B, it's either other people in their industry, peers, or if we're talking B2C, it's other people like them, consumers like them. So an example would be, if we're talking about B2B peers, okay, who all sells the same way. Like authors sell the same way. Healthcare professionals have the same career. I mean, you could go all over the place. But on the consumer side, moms of toddlers are a consumer group that would have the same pain and the same fears and the same problems as other moms with toddlers, right? So it's not necessarily 
necessary for your offer to be incredibly specific. I think you can have a variety of options, not necessarily a cheesecake factory menu (laughs) of options, but you can have quite a few options, five, seven, three. I don't think it totally matters the number, but you can have a variety of services that speak to the same kind of person. I have someone else that is only designing websites for up-and-coming authors. I have someone who's helping people develop courses for entrepreneurs that are writing or have written a book. Like These can be nuanced. Like It doesn't necessarily have to be that you can name them as a single avatar, but they're going to have a ton of similarities between them. Now, when I started my business, this was no different. I was offering a variety of services for a very specific avatar, and none of this was on social. All of this was one-to-one relationship building. And I was doing branding and websites and photo shoots specifically for food brands. I developed packaging for bourbon balls. I shot photos for a pickle company. I built a website for a salsa company that had been in business for 50 years and never built a website. But once I got into food, it was really easy to work with other food brands because they saw my notoriety. They could tell that I understood their business model and their unique challenges, and it made it an easy yes. So the services I was offering were technically broad marketing offers, but it was for a specific person or type of person. Now, it can be that you get more specific in the offer itself, and that can still work. But I will note if you're working one-on-one, the more specific the offer, the broader the audience needs to be. So for an example, in the most recent year, I quietly opened marketing agency services under BP Studio. And I have been building websites alongside my team. But these websites specifically drive new discovery calls, new leads for service-based businesses. So service-based businesses is a rather broad category, but the website being specific to driving discovery calls as the primary thing that it offers is more specific. So that being said, I do think that is harder to sell one-on-one than selling a broader thing to a more specific group of people. I'm hoping that all makes sense. So I think what I chose to do for the last year was the harder of the options. I think it would have been much easier for me to say, I'm doing websites only for other designers, or I'm doing websites only for architects. Does that make sense? Rather than saying the website does this thing, and it's for all of these people. Okay, moving on. Because not all of you are working one-on-one, and I get that. Now, as you run a hybrid or group business, you will need to either broaden the solution or broaden the audience. But I would not recommend both. Doing both 
is going to make it much harder for people to know if it's for them because they either need to know that this problem that they're facing, that you can help them, or they need to feel deeply connected to the audience that you're specifically marketing to. But I wouldn't do both. So if you're doing some sort of group program, keep in mind that it needs to not do both. It has to do one or the other. And it doesn't have to, but like I'm saying, doing one or the other is going to make it easier to sell. Now, how does this work for one to many? Because I think people try to make a big leap and it is easier to make incremental leaps. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get it set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. One to many 
right now, what's working is solving a super specific, super specific problem for a much broader audience. This kind of guise of offering all-in-one solutions for an all-in-one audience are not selling the way that they used to. And so you really need to be able to speak to the specific problem that you're solving and what life is going to look like after you solve it for them. What could happen for them? And you can speak to a handful of audiences or a broad audience that people fall into. But you solving a super specific problem is going to make it so much easier to sell. Trying to sell an all-in-one solution is going to make it much harder to market and much harder for people to say yes to. Not that you can't sell it. Not that you can't do it. Not that people won't buy it. But if you want the easiest yes... Solving a super specific problem for a much broader audience is what's working for one to many. So if you know you need to change who you're talking to, are you talking to a few people or a lot of people, and you know you need to evolve your niche both in the offer and who you're talking to depending on the model, how does that affect specifically visibility and nurture? Now, before I get into it, I think it's important that you know that visibility is inherently different than nurture. Visibility is about discovery. It's where people can find you for the first time. It's where they connect with you and make that initial, oh, I didn't know this was a thing. And now I see that this person offers this thing. That's exciting. They're not necessarily going to convert immediately, and that's not the point, but your visibility needs to be different than where you nurture. And having unique channels that you do these things on is going to be important. Now, that being said, I think some of us do better at some channels over another, and I do think depending on the volume of people necessary for you to sell your offer, you are going to have to be thinking about how you go about this differently. Because the more people you need to reach, you will either need to go deeper into a visibility channel or wider into a variety of channels. But doing both can make it very challenging from a time perspective without a team to support you in doing so. Because the volume necessary can get really out of hand really quickly without support. And I will note that if you are selling one-on-one, your visibility channel is uniquely different than if you're trying to sell to an audience where you need traffic. If you are selling uniquely one-on-one and you don't plan to grow the other model types over time, you can focus pretty exclusively on networking. And networking is considered visibility. You are meeting new people. You can do this in person at something like a chamber of commerce or a local women's networking group or another like niche 
nonprofit. Like there's lots of options there for how you can network in person. Or you can make it an ongoing effort to connect with new people who are either your ideal potential client or connectors, like I mentioned previously. Now, if you're trying to reach a broader group of people without necessarily having that one-on-one conversation, visibility channels include blogging, long-form video content like on YouTube, short-form or mid-length video content like on TikTok, a variety of media on LinkedIn. Now, do I think there's other visibility channel options? For sure. But I think the most common ones are pretty much right now blog, YouTube, TikTok, and LinkedIn. I think you could potentially blog or quote unquote write on a variety of different media outlets. It doesn't necessarily have to be your own blog. I think similarly, you can create long form video content that either lives on your own channel or you can collaborate with other people on a channel that already has traffic. I don't think that necessarily matters, but I think these are the primary ways that you're reaching people. And when it comes down to it, you're typically writing or recording audio or video. Now, I think a lot of people think podcasts fit inside these visibility channels. And you're listening to the show now. Some of you discovered Boss Project through the podcast. And I love that. That's not typical. Most people who run a podcast have to drive traffic to the podcast to get people to listen to it. Unless you're charting and you're becoming a suggested podcast on other people's podcasts because of how many downloads you're already getting, you're unlikely to be discovered on a podcast platform. That being said, you can definitely do things to be discovered on a podcast platform like using keyword-rich SEO terms because people do search in their podcast app to solve specific problems, but they definitely don't search there in the same way that they do on the internet, Google, on YouTube specifically, or even on TikTok specifically. Google... And then YouTube, which is owned by Google, Google and TikTok are the two biggest search channels in the world right now. And search is how people discover you. Unless you are being actively recommended by another person or another business, discoverability comes from search. And you can only be search and found if you have content which I know is going to feel like a rude awakening for some of you. It's a long game. Visibility channels are a long game. They're not things that happen overnight. They are not things that get built up and they can perform for a long period of time, but some of these channels will disappear faster than others. Like on TikTok, the lifespan of the video is shorter than on YouTube and blogging, at least for now. That being said, even on your TikTok for you page, they're recommending videos sometimes from a year ago now, which is 
crazy. I'm not really sure why the algorithm changed to not be utilizing only current content. They are going backwards further than a lot of other platforms are in terms of presenting content in front of people. And you'll now start to see things from a few weeks ago or a month ago from someone that maybe you've never seen before. Nurture channels are where people go from learning about you to feeling like they can trust you and are become interested in buying from you. Now, nurture channels typically have a gateway from a visibility channel. You saw someone's blog content and you jumped on their email list. You watch someone's YouTube video and now you follow them on Instagram. You saw someone's TikTok and you signed up for a workshop, something like that. Well, these nurture channels typically are made up of email, podcast, Instagram, and then Zoom, which Zoom is not necessarily Zoom itself. It's anything that would be a group or interpersonal setting, workshops, webinars, summits, even one-on-one calls are considered nurture. And in these channels, you should be focusing on content that makes people feel understood, that makes people feel heard, that allows them to understand that you see them and you understand what they're going through and you are there to serve them. And it's definitely your opportunity to say, okay, now that you've heard all of these things and we've been talking for a while, I'd love to continue this relationship further by you insert some sort of call to action that's towards a sale. But that being said, your visibility channel content is simply different. You are going to be focusing on answering questions that people are searching for. Now, I want to put a nuance here that what people are searching for is different than it was even a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, people were focused on value-rich educational content. They wanted to be taught something. And not that you can't have educational content on these channels. You can. What I see working right now is telling stories telling stories about your own journey to overcome some obstacle. And can you give someone some tangible or actionable advice? Yes, but people are craving connection. People are craving community and they're feeling really alone. And so it's about creating these relationships Now, if you're working one-to-one, this is a real one-on-one interpersonal relationship. But if you're focused on building an audience to sell to more people, then your visibility channels are going to be a bit strange because you're going to start to have people who feel like they know you, but you don't necessarily know them. And that can be a very weird relationship because it is one. Because they absolutely feel like they know you. Think about the people you follow on TikTok. What do you know about their lives? A lot. A lot. You know, typically if they're married, if they're dating, if they have children. 
You know what kind of business they have. You may know where they've been traveling to. What is working on visibility channels is letting people into your life, which is vulnerable. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And you don't have to. There are definitely other ways to do this. But what I see working right now is letting people in on your life. And it doesn't have to be this huge vulnerable thing. It's just enough for them to feel connected to you. And then the nurture is typically a bit more vulnerable, a bit more personal. And not that you can't have a company-based brand that's doing these visibility or nurture things. But think about even big brands marketing on TikTok. Like even, oh my gosh, what is it called? The sponge. You guys are shouting at me. The, <laughs> the sponge that was on Shark Tank that has the smiley face on it. Oh my God. It doesn't even matter what it's called. All I can think about is the snarky personality that they have presented. They have literally given the company its own personality. And when they're commenting on even other people's content, they're showing up in that identity. If you're marketing as a company brand, your company needs a personality that people can attach themselves to. Like we saw that app that teaches you languages. I cannot even think about it. It doesn't matter what the name is because I could find this thing really easily. And you guys are probably already shouting at me and telling me what it is. The one that has the mascot, the, the bird, and they wore the bird costume. That like literal mascot has become part of the identity of the brand. And it has its own personality and way it shows up. And you see it even showing up in other people's channels. And I totally get it. It feels bizarre, especially if you've been working one-on-one for a long time. If you're interested in growing a company brand, it can feel really disassociative to remove yourself from the equation, but try to keep a personality in the brand. And I think the people that are struggling to build company-based brands have it, they not only remove themselves, but they also remove the personality and you need a culture. You either buy from a person or you buy from a culture that you resonate with. There's not really an in-between. You have to connect to something. And so if you don't have a connection, then how are people going to resonate with you and feel like they understand you and trust you? They're not. So it's going to be way harder to sell. Now, regardless of the size of the company, or the size of the audience that you need, right now, more than ever, you have to have a willingness to connect with one person at a time. Like, think about big brands for a second that have had some controversy. I can think of a couple airlines recently that have had some not so great experiences with their passengers and You've seen passengers go on these rants. Sure, they've called the company and complained, but if they did not get the solution they were after, they are taking to social media and essentially doing this broad call to action. If this company does not wake up and pay attention, there's going to be problems and it can become a PR nightmare. 
But the companies that are resilient from those situations have a willingness to connect one-on-one. Now, sometimes that means having your one-on-one in front of other people, which is very strange, but also necessary. But also some of that is happening behind closed doors. So you cannot lose that willingness to connect with one person at a time. And if your goal from going from one-on-one to one-to-many is to not have to deal with people, then don't do it. (laughs) You're going to deal with more people than ever when you sell to a broader group of people. You just are. And so you have to be willing to get to know them and solve their unique issues and serve them. Customer service becomes so much more than just solving a person's problem. You have to also be willing to listen. And you can only listen if you're doing this one person at a time. People who try to make these like lump assumptions as to what's going on with their ideal audience or customer, they're not being as successful as the people that are sitting people down one at a time to listen. Now, to kind of wrap this up, I do want you to be thinking about a couple things as as it specifically applies to your marketing. People are waiting longer than ever before they take the next step. And let me let me rephrase. It doesn't necessarily mean people are sitting in the thinking about it nurture phase for a longer period of time. Some people are going from discovery to nurture to buying in a matter of hours. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that people are waiting further into their decision-making process before they make outreach. So it used to be that people would come in and they were like 50, 60, 70% to the sale. They're like, oh, I'm interested, but I want to like compare a couple of people. So I have a couple of questions and I'm going to reach out to a handful of people. People want to be able to find the answers without having to talk to other people. And so if you are burying that information and making it hard for people to find, they're not going to do it. They're going to give up and they're going to move on. They're going to buy from someone else. And so if they're already 90 to 95% of the way to the sale before they take the next step, then you best make it easy for them to take the next step, regardless of what you're selling. If you're selling one-to-one, they need to be able to reach out to you to take the next step to book a call, get on your calendar. Let's talk about your project. If you're selling one-to-many, I would not. Not that you can't build funnels. That's all I'm saying. Funnels can still be effective. But you also have to have upfront, easy to find ways for people to pay you. Because the moment you bury it behind an opt-in and this and that and the other thing, they're not going to do it. People are so much more aware of marketing these days. And when you have an aware audience, they read through the crap and they just want to know if what you're going to do is going to be helpful or not. And if it is, and they decide they want to do it, they want to make it easy to take that next step. So make it easy. Don't bury the lead. Tell people exactly where to go to buy from you, to enhance their own experience, to be successful at whatever they're trying to accomplish, to solve the problem that they desperately want to solve. Make it easy for them to take 
the next step. Now, I want to make it easy for you to take the next step. And if you haven't seen what I have been working on, I really, really, really want to show you what it looks like. And so I have taken my recent workshop and I have made it available to anyone who wants to watch the replay on demand. You can go to bossproject.com slash untitled. And specifically, if you're interested to see how does selling work, how does your offer work, how does pricing work differently, depending on the type of model or business that you're running, then this workshop is going to be so helpful for you to take the next step. And inside that workshop, I'm going to invite you to the co-op. Now, the co-op is just $47 a month. So there isn't some massive, huge pitch at the end of this workshop. It's simply an invitation to take your education further. I've helped thousands of people grow their businesses online. And I'm here to provide the most transparent, easy to understand solutions for both the strategy side, what do you need to know? And the tools, how are you going to get it done in one place? And I'm so excited about everything we're working on and rolling out. And there's so much more to come. And you can find all of that out right now at bossproject.com slash untitled. Now, I do plan to have more pages coming very soon on where you can connect to the co-op more specifically. But all the details about the co-op are on the page directly after you input your name and email. So I'm not hiding anything. It's all very easy to find. So thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so excited to see how you market and how you market differently. And if you're curious about what you should be working on and you want a more specific answer to how it might work for your business, do not hesitate to reach out. I would love to help. You can go to Instagram, head over to Boss Project, make sure you're following the company Instagram there. And then you can tap my name at Abigail Says. Send me a DM. Let me know that you listened to today's episode. And let me know a little bit more about what you're selling and who you're selling it to and what your current challenge is. I'd love to help. Chat more soon. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.